Oh man, so it's uh, it's raining here in Boston. It's still it's, a, it's uh raining here. Moist. There's like it's moist here. Typhoons in all over the world or something. It's, I don't. It's it's crazy to me it's how quickly on. summer becomes fall. Like I was roasting and couldn't sleep and and sweaty one day, and then now I gotta buy pumpkins and shit. Yeah, you do. And yeah, <laughs> pumpkins, skeletons. And we're gonna we're heading it's up. My wife and I are heading here. up to Maine. This weekend, tomorrow, yep. it's her birthday, and we're going to, you know, we always go up every fall and, like, drink craft beer and, you know, eat lobster rolls and whatever. Oh, it's a nice way to end the season. Yeah, seriously. Um, but, uh, you know, it has two nice. thumbs and fucking loves rob- lobster rolls. I fucked up that joke. My two name's thumbs. Matt. I'm My Jason. name is Matt. No one I'm cares. Uh, we started this podcast because we love talking about music. We always talk about music. Sometimes we record it. It's really a big part of our friendship, you know, because we love music. Yeah, and we don't necessarily love the best records or the worst records or whatever. These are just records that we picked probably at the last minute from last week when we picked three records and that, I picked one of true. them. That is true. Or you, yeah, picked, it's, you uh, picked this one. You Well, you picked it and I I helped confirm your pick. Okay. That's how we're doing it now. <laughs> so um, here we are with Deer Hoof. Hey, Jay, what's Apple the name o. of our podcast? What do we call this thing? You're the one that says it. Am I the one that says it? Yes. All right. We call this podcast, We Listen to Records. Oh, that's a good one. That was good. I like that one. Uh, So what did we pick for this week? Deer Hoof, Apple, O. Yes. And um, uh, you know what's very funny is that I was looking at the, um, in the gut, I always look in the gutter of records because that's where they scratch weird hidden messages. Because you hang out in the gutter. I do. And, uh, and I always feel like sometimes, well, most of the, I don't know. Usually I feel like the gutter is, is a place where you sort of like respond to the title of the record. At least in this case, I think it, I think okay. it sort of makes sense. So in the gutter on the A side is, uh, they end up spinning extremely fast. And then on the B side, it says, and pulsate forever. Okay. So I ha- I have a feeling it has something to do with Apple O. <laughs> sure. <laughs> In some way. Some wacky But way. I also think it's perfect because it's like, I think on this record is, uh, I just, just, it's a very weird abstract sort of Matthew Barney uh in song form you know what i mean like they live in their own very specific world and it is i mean it well this you, you have to this go is, along this is, for this ride you know? yeah well here let's play a little sample and then we can get into it um i yes. don't know why don't you pick i mean panda 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 uh, always comes that's, to mind that's the one i was thinking of that's the kind of the iconic song off this album i suppose you're damn right rocket Yeah, 
I mean, okay. I just have to hold on, hold on a couple things right away. Okay, first of all, I just want to read the lyrics to you because I do think they're great. <laughs> these right. are, here are the lyrics to Panda, Panda, Panda. Supposedly, these are the lyrics. China Panda, Bamboo Panda, I Like Panda, Bye Bye Panda, Panda Road. It's okay. great. This is great. It's great. Okay, and by the way, I didn't realize this, but um, I was listening to a podcast called The Trap Set, which is all drummers only podcast. I love it. And Greg uh, Sonier from Deer Hoof was on, and I was listening, and uh, it looks like basically he writes all the music and lyrics, at least on this record, if not uh, uh, the rest of their stuff. But it, it, on this, he has, he's credited every song with, with playing with drums, writing all the music and lyrics, basically. Mm-hmm. Except, okay, Panda Panda lyrics are by Satomi, who... That makes sure. sense. Yeah. Um, so, so the members of the band, <laughs> as currently configured, are Greg Sonier, uh, yeah. Satomi yeah. Matsuzaki, John Diederich, and Ed Rodriguez. And you know, they go all the way back to the mid '90s. Of course, they're yet another band on Kill Rock Stars. How many Kill Rock Stars albums are we going to talk about on this podcast? All Probably of all of them at some yeah. point. Wow. Because um, they are an amazing label doing amazing stuff. Um, but Deerhoof, you know, started off in '94 as just kind of a drum and bass, like, weirdo improv thing. Um, and then when they added uh, Satomi, they started really making this... I mean, I don't know, what, what would you call it? It's not poppy, but it's, like, cutesy? Um, I mean, wh- what do I call this? I, I feel like it's, I like... It's like art rock. Like, I put, I put yeah. it in with, like, Lightning Bolt and sort of... Um, I don't know. There was like a Rhode Island scene of this kind of like experimental oh, yeah. sounding. Bolt like the liars at one point were very like sure. weird time signatures. Like they were really kind of challenging. Well, and a lot you know of the what was uh, happening in like the, indie rock. You know Satomi, who um, I'm trying to find. I assume she's Japanese, although I shouldn't make any assumptions. But, I know honestly, um, and, and you know it's funny because I I had. Uh, um, uh, friends who were um, oh Japanese here we go who, yeah so she's she's from like, Japan who ha- who were bothered by her vocal delivery <laughs> sure well <laughs> to, what I was gonna say to, is the Japanese the influence least, makes me think of the the boredoms is a oh, huge yeah, yeah, yeah. you know sort of like yeah you know which I love the boredoms in the nineties these guys are much more listenable <laughs> much more poppy than the boredoms ever were I f- I feel like Deerhoof is a great example of a band that can take all of those crazy elements and work them into something really listenable and like like they can they combine the 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 things that shouldn't work and and that are challenging and hard into something that that becomes really exciting and, and sure. enjoyable and that's that's very rare I think I mean, to last get a song when, that's so awesome like, when you were presenting this as one of the options for me to choose from yeah. You said that you hadn't really given this band much thought, and then this album, Apollo, yeah. came out, yeah. and suddenly you started paying attention to them. So can you talk yeah. about that? Like, what is it about this album that's different? What is it about this okay. album that caught your attention? What track can we listen to that got you excited? Oh, I'll give you an exciting track. Nice. Um, but just to, just to keep, like, the things that struck me, even, even listening again to Panda, 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 and this all comes, I believe, from Greg now looking at this, looking backwards is you can hear that that drum sound is very like um 
there's no room sound to it. It's like it's like mic'd really closely, and there's no sort of effects on it at all. It's really thin sounding, right? But it's and I think it's because he does so much with the drums. There's so much happening any given second or or track that it's. I mean, he is a drummer's drummer, like like uh, uh, Zach Hill from Hella, or you know these guys that are just like, oh my god, they're just unbelievable, and and uh, it just it's just this incredible drum rhythm style that he has combined with literally. I mean, sometimes I'm listening to this and I'm hearing weird things coming out of only entirely the left channel, a guitar sound, and something completely different, different effect. On the right, but yeah, I noticed but that they're I was... the same. Like it's part of the same rhythm, which is sure. so hard to do. I mean, they just do such cool stuff like that. That's really well, I noticed like... that when I was listening to this in my car to prep for the show, because the, the one of the speakers on the left on the driver's side yeah. is doesn't work right now. I got to get <laughs> fixed. And I was like, this album sounds wacky different. <laughs> yeah. And like usually, right. you know, like yeah, some albums you lose a little bit here and there. It sounds right, a, you right, know, right, but right. like the. Very few bands do the lot. full stereo sound that yeah. they're doing here, which is crazy. It's true. No, they they really push push stereo in a great way. Yeah. Um, and 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 on top of it, I do love uh, Satomi's vocal. Like it's it's really it, it's such a good um, uh, foil for this really complex arty kind of. And you know what? I know what it is about Panda too. Is like there are points in that song where it's not following the rhythm. It sounds like a, a rehearsal song or a demo track. Like it's not, you know, it's like, de- it's not deliberately offbeat, but it's, it's, it's like stumbling over itself, trying to keep up in, in some places. Sure, sure. And it's, and it's off rhythm. It's a weird rhythm. And then her vocal is, is, you know, this sort of uh, completely opposite of that playing with this kind of sweet, you know, and then there's just this massive it's not a wall of sound as much it's just like this is like gut punches or like yeah, <laughs> it's just like, like chainsaw so to again, the face again, just burr, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> which is um, just like a great combination for for them i mean they they have a sound like nobody else and yeah. uh that's what makes them great well, and in it's like crazy so many lo- ways looking on wikipedia you know they have between 1997 and 2017 what one two three like at least 15 14 15 albums wow and apple o is in the middle it's from 2003 so it's not particularly early or particularly recent from them right um which is also i mean i guess every band in their middle career i guess that's kind of where you hit your stride it's just such a weird specific album i don't think that's true i think i think it's weird to have uh at least for me anyway a peak sort of in the middle you know what i mean like they like they've just continued to like push boundaries and explore and do weird stuff that and they collaborate with a lot of different people i have seven inches where they've done you know covered other weird artists and and noise artists and really um i think they did maybe a split with uh i want to say like sonic youth at one point like you know so they so they have like all of all of that stuff happening um, with influences and, and collaborations and stuff, which of course, I mean, they're they're pushing those kind of boundaries in, in every area. Um, I forget where I was going with that. Shit. Well, here, let's listen to some music because we yep. listen to records. Put That's something, right. pick pick a track. Let us know what we're listening to and uh, make this thing happen. <laughs> <laughs> 
right, I'm going to go to my next go-to track from this record, which All is right. always like whenever I'm like, oh, you haven't heard Deerhoof? Oh, man, check this out. What I love about that song so much are all of the wonderful little like interjections when the guitars stop and everything's silent and there's just like a bing. You know, I was just going to say, this is like a triangle player's dream. Like when triangle players are like, oh, I just, if there was only a song out there that just would like, could just, I, I, I could studied really, triangle for right, eight years in college. Right, exactly. And and it, it's like, oh, that is the, that is like the pinnacle of triangle playing right there. Just like everything stops. Ding, and then burn it. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I did it. Oh, it's such I a mean, dream. Also, was, while, while that was playing, I was thinking about yeah. sort of other bands that you know, stylistically or whatever. Uh, this band makes me think of, and I, you know, the one I was struggling to come up with the name, but uh, Shonen Knife would be oh, obviously right. a huge influence here. Yeah, well, I, you know, I don't know influence, but but or um, just just related contemporary sound. maybe. Yeah. Like Shonen Knife goes same. back to the early eighties. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm thinking I I'm getting like a lot of blonde redhead from that that last Two. track. Well, yeah, I mean, again, you know uh, I mean? Kill, like, kill rock stars sound, especially late nineties, early two thousands. So, there's yeah. a lot of uh, kind of overlap in in the in the sounds that they were producing. You know, and then and then like you have this for example. You know, they're they're like playing like this track. I think is just sort of an instrumental. Uh, oh no, it's not instrumental. But anyway, it has like all these weird overlapping sample kind of just loops and stuff, which I think is you know again they're just they're playing with this stuff. But um, those moments like in Flower are just like fuck yes, I love yeah. this. This is like <laughs> this is what I'm living for on this record. Is that like. I mean, this is like that that Pixies loud, quiet, loud to the like end degree of just full like, and you get those silences where you can hear like the the uh, the the drum stool creak a little bit, 
Like, sure. he, like it's so like you just get a per dead silent and like a little just room noise of some kind and then they yeah. just launch back in like they didn't they didn't compress it they didn't gate it they just left it as like this is a live sound we just dead stop and the mics are still going and then we launch back into like um and i think this is again like uh her vocal works so well with this stuff because it's not this like it's not this 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 pelican or or um uh you know like um post like just post metal or post yeah right that, right like just masculine kind of like sound you you have those like really awesome starts and stops and and heavy fuzz and it's dirty but then you have this like really you know gent kind of gentle but off kilter vocal that's trying to play off of this stuff sure. so it's just a great combination of like well i was thinking know, about a good balance this of everything I was thinking about this era of music as I was listening to this, right? So 2003, and there's, you know, like yeah. hip hop was certainly king by 2003. Okay. But in the like the rock, indie, whatever genre, like that's about the time that there stopped being any real clear categories. Like things just bubbled to the top one day. Deerhoof would be trendy for a day, and then the next day it would be, you know, Lightning Bolt, and then the next day it would be The Killers. It just was like... It was such a weird time for music, and mm -hmm. I think Deerhoof actually probably benefited from that, rather than getting lumped into like a grunge label. Oh yeah, or like <laughs> no, a no, no. whatever a, a power pop label or whatever you could right. you know, whatever you want to call this stuff. Uh, yeah, there was no you can't. I think yeah. that's the thing. Like if they have a if they have a standout track like like that comes around, it's it, it doesn't fit into anything. Right. Yeah, because like you know panda or flower which are very similar songs um structurally you know they're just they're just fun and i think that's what how deer have kind of got you know the attention that they got is just they were fun and it was a time in music where nobody was holding anybody to real like like um standards or or manifestos or expectations about what grunge is or what what this is and they just you know, just I don't fun know doing this crazy stuff. I don't know how it fits into 2003, except I mean, honestly, because they really are carving out their their own niche here. That's that's not doesn't seem to have anything to do with much of what's going on around them to to their benefit for sure. I mean, at least that's what I'm li I'm listening to when I listen back to this. I don't say I don't associate this with 2003 at all in any way. Right. I don't. I don't hear any 2003 on this anywhere that I can point to and say, "Oh, right, right, this is like this and this and this from this from that era." So, and I and I think that's you know to their credit is like they are just totally, you know, obviously with the, the way these songs are structured and sure. everything, it's just they're on their I own. And I just put into Google uh, top albums of 2003. Yeah. What a fucking crazy mess this is! Oh no! Um, I'll just read. I'll just throw out a few. Sure. Um, Outcast, Speaker Box, The Love Below. Okay. Okay. Fifty Cent, Get Rich or Die Trying. <laughs> okay, okay. The White Stripes, Elephant. Okay, sure. Yeah. Jay Z's Black <laughs> Album. Wait, this, this is top top ten according to. No, what? I just this is just sort of like the, it's what comes up on Google when you oh, put it. Oh, okay. Like you know, just albums of two thousand three. Okay. So the Strokes, Room on Fire, Beyonce. Wow. wow. Uh, the Shins. The remember the Darkness. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah's first album comes out. Wow. Um, R. Kelly's at the height of his power. But then like, 
like Metallica was still putting out stuff. The first Mars uh. Volta album came out. Okay. Cat Power's second album came out. Like, what a weird year for music. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty out there. I mean, REM was still putting out records that year. I mean, oh, it's just such a like that. Remember that band Jet that had that one hit wonder? No. Um, <laughs> it's just such a Jet. Just such a Rufus Wainwright. Like it's just such a weird yeah, list yeah. of stuff all going yeah, on in one year. It's so crazy to me. You know, um, I was also listening to um, uh, uh, Steve Albini talking about um, you know technology and songs and. And artists and stuff and and how he's continued you know as a as a recording studio despite all the changes in the last 20 years you know and he was just like and he was making the sort of argument that like he was he kept saying like I don't see a downside to having there not be I don't see a downside to there not being any money anymore in this business of making music mm-hmm. to where the only people left are the ones who really want to do it Sure, sure, and and I can I sort of can see that argument. I guess um, I guess maybe it's a little easier to say when you're so, when you're maybe are like, you know, pretty pretty stable, like right, <laughs> like right. in your career. When you're Steve, and, Steve Albini, and, and you've been around, you know, forever like got- yeah, it probably doesn't matter too much um, the financial side. I mean, it does, of course, but you know, you know like at least you. I don't know. I I, I I mean, I find that argument really weird. Like, yeah, right? Coming out of the visual arts thing, that's sort of like saying, I'm really glad that there's not much money for most artists, so <laughs> only the purists will keep making work. It, but nobody's right, going right, to right. see that shit, and, you know, you're <laughs> going to go not. broke doing it, or you're going to go crazy, or you're, you know, g- whatever. Yeah. But, like, it's it's just such a weird argument. Like, only the purists will make it because nobody's paying for it. I'm like, <laughs> right. I mean, I, on one hand, though, I do how appreciate capitalism works. I, yeah, I I do appreciate the idea that there are, or maybe at the point in time when things shifted into, hey, everything's available for free, and now we're just streaming it all. And his his point too was like, look, these services like Spotify or whatever, their days are numbered because somebody's just going to come up with an app or something that just looks for whatever you want to listen to and streams it. There's sure. no reason to be paying for a service to do that for you. Like, so, and so I think in a lot of ways he is super forward thinking and, and does have interesting points in this interview I was listening to, but, but, um, uh, shit. That's all right. But I'm just yeah, walking. but anyway, well, um, I'm just, just kind of skimming their Wikipedia page here as yeah. we're talking, which I like to do just it gives me info that I didn't have. <laughs> and I love, I just love this one sentence because I feel like, Basically, it's just our marching orders for the next couple episodes. But uh, <laughs> from 1997 to 1999, Deerhoof toured the U.S. with Slater Kinney, Lightning Bolt, Unwound, and Sonic Youth. Oh, that they toured with Unwound. That's awesome. Yeah. I did not know that. Which is just like, we've already done an episode on Unwound, episode yeah. number one. <laughs> Go back and listen to it. Uh, we already did one episode on Sonic Youth, uh, Goo, episode, was that six? Somewhere around there? Yeah. Go yeah. back and listen to it. I can promise you we have at least one more Sonic Youth album coming up soon because we have not yet talked about Daydream Nation. Um, and if we have a music podcast that doesn't talk about Daydream Nation, what the hell is wrong with <laughs> us? Um, but we haven't talked about Lightning Bolt. That's Lightning Bolt's a tough one. If, if any listeners out there haven't heard Lightning Bolt, Jay, how would you describe them? Oh, man. It's just a real brutal Sonic Assault. That's sort of like never that's a, ends. That's a sales pitch, <laughs> right there. In a great way, like those moments of like, 
flower it's the, it's those moments just the entire time yeah i mean it's, it's like, a live it's, it's show like, it's, it's like it's what really we're listening to a deer hoof minus the cutesy vocals is minus and, any rests and yeah. any sort of like melody really i love those guys though oh yeah like, i mean live they're incredible I and mean, that's where they shine is like oh yeah it's just like it's like it's, getting on a roller coaster that you know it's gonna like beat you up but you're you loving every minute of it feel that rumbling in yeah. your whole body for like 45 minutes and they are maniacs and it's like what am i watching this mm. is this is incredible this is like primal like well, drum circle you know in the year 3000 <laughs> well here let's uh let's let's kick another oh, yeah. uh, deer hoof track the out. next track that i love is a lot more stories yeah let's let's uh, kick that one out I think it takes that flower sort of formula to, like again to the, another level. Sure. I mean, it's, I love this intro. Yeah. I, mean, I love fun. They're fun. They're super fun. And they and they have a sense of humor, obviously, with these lyrics and song titles and you know, it, it's like it reminds me a little of Don Cab in that like they are sure. their own separate sort of jokes and worlds, the some of the lyrics and, and the if you actually get into the things that they're maybe referencing or talking about as you know, they live in like another space. 
Um, but just the precision of that song, that two and a half minutes of just mm-hmm. like has the best hooks and little moments that you do want more of that they don't give you and they're over and they move on and then they go back to that super quiet melodic part and then it just drops back in to the best riffs. And they also remind me that like you don't need to be, you know, you, you have the, the real technical precise side of the drums and then you and then you just have these just huge you know brute sort of art brute just pounding on the guitars in like rhythmic ways you know <laughs> they're just like you know just playing with these like rhythms and and the and the on the different channels and i don't know it just it just makes me l- listen to guitar sound in a new way and like you don't need to be like, you know, dicking around with all kinds of guitar chords and different notes and scales and as much as just like this, not even power chords, but just like these just basic rhythm, you know, chunks chunks. that they work with. I think that's yeah. a good, that's a good musical term. I like putting chunks. these chunks together and they're like just those giant foam building blocks. Like they're just trying to make something really you know, but then they're like delicate. Turn this up, this. like this is. Yeah, yeah. Play this part again. Oh, actually, hold on. Let's start this over. <laughs> I love that they just say portobello <laughs> for like the first half of the song. They know this is hilarious. What? Well, it's, 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 it's a it's, mushroom in candlelight. That's what they're talking about. It's called sure. dinner for two. I mean, this come on. But w- what great. it really is, it, it's Stupid. kind of the best version of just playing. It's not even a word. It's just a. Com- it's syllables. It sounds. <laughs> yes, it's, yes. Just, it's an abstraction I of, think of noise. I think that's what Satomi brings to Deerhoof is yeah, is it, breaking down the actual words into just a weird language. Yeah. That becomes another instrument, and I I do love that about these guys. Well, too. and it's it, the way that it's kind of like a children's lullaby, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, or the sort of sing songiness. Yeah, it's it's like I don't know. There's there's a, a degree of fun and ridiculousness that they're having with this, right? Uh, that it, is great. Yes, I I get a lot. Of, I get in this song especially. I get a little sense of like ween from them where I could see the two of them maybe come up with something one night or it's like really late in the studio and they're just and they just come up with this line portobello in in the candlelight and they just keep singing it and then they they start taking it really seriously and they make this like one minute track that's like (laughs) so ridiculous but because they're like dead serious about it it's just oh man I love I love those moments from these guys where they where they can do that like incredible pop riffs that are just you know so powerful and then those silly moments and and even this track too which one is this Forbidden Fruits yeah where it's just like it's just like almost like jazz or something where it's just or they or they have you know the those 
weird moments of like avant-garde kind of right you know let's look at john cage and philip glass and well i do think i mean there's such you mentioned jazz and that but i mean there especially late mid to late 90s and early 2000s there really was this sort of huge tradition or whatever you want to call it of people that were experimental noise improv you know the idea that the song would ever be played twice the same way yeah, um, yeah. Or, you know that you'd see Deerhoof two nights in a row and the songs would even remotely sound the similar you know I, th- I think that was a fun thing it's it's coming out of jazz it's coming out of abstract art it's coming out of the avant-garde it's coming out of you know this anti corporate you know anti whatever you want to call it simple but it's also it's meant to be challenging like yes w- what Deerhoof does is they f- they find that gap between challenging and fun right yeah and then they, do. they it, the, just at the moment you're like i'm gonna turn this off <laughs> they flip it and they're like yeah. oh this is adorable she's singing right. about a portobello and then it flips again and you're like why where did lightning bolt come from right and then they flip again and you're like oh this is so cute i should play this for my niece you know it's right. like they, and they they straddle that line so carefully yeah 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 um, they do. Right, they you never know, lose so, you when they when they go off into into real challenging stuff. They don't lose you for too long. You might be right. like, uh, okay, I'm back. Because well, you, you know, know, there's like half of their audience is here for the, like the punk metal sound or the yeah. punk noise sound, yeah, and yeah. half their audience is here for the fun, cute vote. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, you know, it'd be like the weirdest crowd ever. Like people, yeah, like I'm rocking out and then bored, and then people like into the. The cutesy and then bored. I don't know. I sadly never saw Deerhoof that I can think of. I do have like an, an, a ridiculous amount of seven inches from from them. Yo, they're prolific. Heck yeah, yeah. they're prolific. Yeah. And you know, Kill Rockstar seems more than happy to put out seven inches. Put them on lots of splits. I mean, they they seem to be constantly producing. Here, let's um, why don't we play out on one more track and then we'll do the disclaimer and all that stuff. Okay. Why don't you pick uh, pick one more good one for us? This is I'm, fun. I'm looking at my thing notes. Going on right here. Oh yeah. All right. What's this track called? Well, this is Adam and Eve connection, but I think um, I am going to play Apple Bomb. Apple bomb. All right, let's do it.
Yeah, they are such a complex band in a lot of ways. I uh, I was thinking about uh, this track, like like again looking at the the lyrics here and and how it's about like like oh make another me and cloning and oh I'm gonna clone the tree and then I'm gonna clone like oh look I need another mom and it's just and then and then listening to this song again it, it really like I wonder if they were playing with the, uh, the that that quiet and then the explosion and, and like this you know kind of like Dr. Moreau like descending into this kind of like oh, I'll clone this and then this and then everything will go it's terribly terribly wrong and then it's just right, blows right. you know like I get that feeling from that track too of like everything is going great and it's really nice and then like ah it's a clone ah stop it that's funny. <laughs> well, it's so, uh, it's uh, I get it's a sci-fi sound from them. Like I get like they like there's all these weird elements in, in their stuff that I love like that. Like yeah, yeah. yeah no, there. I mean, there's so much going on. This is such a great record. I'm glad that you picked it. Um, it's your turn to do the disclaimer, though. Oh, uh, we don't own any of this. We're not claiming to make any money off of this, right, Steve? We just do it because we love it. So if you want us to take it down, we'll take it down. Yeah, That's it. Um, you know they can they can e- you know email us or tweet at us. I suppose Jay, yep. how do people get in touch with us? The Twitter the Twitter is at we listen the number two number one, or records at harveylovesharvey.com. We're also on Instagram. Yes, and uh, we're also on Facebook. If yes. you're um, using that to connect with your grandparents, that's cool. Uh, so find <laughs> us on the internet. Um, all right, Jay. <laughs> So uh, we're going to pick next week's records. Yes. It's my turn to bring you three choices. Bring it. And then we'll you can pick a track to play us out on. Okay. Oh. So uh, I was going to take us back to the 90s. I, I had a whole list of stuff I thought would be good to take us back to the 90s. But when I started listening to this, I'm like, I kind of want to continue to hang out in the early 2000s. So I picked three sort of out of the top of the list of the early 2000s records that I thought you and I could have a good conversation about. So okay. are you ready? Yeah. All right. The Killers, Hot Fuss. <sighs> I don't know I why know. I have something against The Killers. I well, do. in the in the moment, like, there was a... Yeah, well... And, but, and then, that's, but then, that's like, what everybody knows me. Mr. Brightside and all those songs. I, I mean, guess. I don't, I don't know them. I miss them. For some reason, I don't like them but that's why we should probably talk about them let me i mean let me th- we, okay, we listen next. to records we do well the point of this i do feel like is that we listen to records that are my friend matt or jason listens to sure and sometimes they're outside of our they challenge them. us like well Deer that's Hoof, the thing say, about the killers is i remember say, listening okay, to that right. back in the day yeah like when it came out i, I thought it was not. a good album and I haven't since, and you know, the Mr. Brightside comes up on the radio or in yeah. movies or on podcasts or whatever, but I've kind of forgotten the rest of it. So I was thinking, oh, maybe revisit that one. So I feel, number, hold on. I feel yeah. like you, yeah, I feel like you were in, you're either in like the Interpol camp or the killers. Is that oh. true? Or I no? feel like you're right. Shit. I don't have Interpol on my list, but maybe I I'm should. just saying, no, I'm just saying that and maybe that's was why that I that never, was the divide. It was Interpol versus the Killers. I, f- I feel like they were around the same time, and I yeah. feel like for whatever reason I went. Well, here, the let other me put way. record number two on your on Please. your list of options here. Ready? Ready. Uh, the Strokes. Is this it? 
Okay. First strokes record. Oh boy. Okay. So that's option number two. Okay. How do I you mean, feel about the strokes? I mean, that record. I gotta say, that record. As much as I, it's such a guilty pleasure in a way, and it does have that like. God damn, I remember hearing this for the first time. And I remember that everybody that I respected was like, you got to listen to this track. You got to listen to this one. You got to listen to this one. Well, guess what? I'm about to make your life a lot harder, buddy. The third choice is the first White Stripes album, the self titled album from the White Stripes. What is that? White white Blood Cells? No. Uh, The the first one? The first one. You know what? I have too much to say about the White Stripes. I think I want to talk about the Strokes, as crazy as that you is. Talk about the Strokes, and is right. like, and I think it's a pretty good opposite of Deerhoof. You know, it's a pretty sure. good like, pretty much direction, different direction. I think I want to talk about that record because right. honestly, man, I have, and and you know what I'm gonna do too is bust out some. Can I shit? It's hard because records are packed away, but I will find there are there is a seven inch that I have that is demos from that album, which is uh, Julian whatever on his four track. And sure. they are amazing cool. because they are completely fleshed out full tracks, but done so lo-fi and at home in the living room that it's like, wow, this is genius because all this stuff was here. It's not an engineer or producers who did this. All this stuff was here. It was just, it needed to be like, you know, done in a real studio. Right. But well don't okay. save save all this is all good stuff for next week's episode. So you can't fans stop me. fans of the pod. You can't hold me down. I I will hold you down. No. We're gonna listen to the strokes next week. Is this it? Uh this so is it. Put it on your turntables, <laughs> on your iPods, on your Spotify's or whatever it is you listen to music on. Yeah. Get your strokes on and we will check that out next week on We Listen to Records. Jay, what you gonna play us okay. out on? I mean, I'm just going to fade this up because it's so goddamn good. All All right. right. Bye. Next week.